All right, so I've just chucked it in our rewatch notes there. Um, so do you want to just go ahead and uh, pronounce that flower name for us, please, Jen? Ah, uh, yes. I think it is called Chrysanthemums. And what I heard was the flower of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> flower of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I was watching. I was. I was like half paying attention to this movie, and I thought somebody said the flower of Chris Hemsworth, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> everyone and welcome to the rewatch podcast my name is samuel and i'm jen and this is a podcast where we rewatch classic or current films weekly and then decide whether they deserve a rewatch from you before we begin a like on this video would be most appreciated you can subscribe if you'd like if you're tuning in on spotify or another major podcast app you can find us on youtube by searching the rewatch yes we've got a lot of new stuff coming out Yes, we do. It's very exciting. So yeah. if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, you can head on over and subscribe if you'd like. We're not going to force you to, but no. if you want to, go ahead. All right. So this week we watched Enola Holmes, which was just released on Netflix. Uh, did you have a fun time watching this movie? Yeah, I did actually. I enjoyed it more than um, I'm trying to think what we watched last the time. The Devil All the Time. <laughs> the Devil All the Time. I definitely enjoyed it more than that. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's good then because, um, yeah, Netflix has obviously released two two pretty major movies uh, about a week apart. So, yeah. Yeah, Netflix is um, doing well at the moment, I'd say, anyway. Um, so, Anola Holmes is a 2020 American mystery film which is based on the book um, in the series of the same name by Nancy Springer. Um, The story is about the teenage sister of the already famous Sherlock Holmes who goes to London in search of her mother who has disappeared. Mm. So quite some uh, notable names in this movie. So we have Millie Bobby Brown, who many people would know from Stranger Things. Yep. Um, She's also in some of the Godzilla movies. Yeah. Um, She plays Enola Holmes. Henry Cavill, or Henry Cavill, I think it's Cavill, He's obviously Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes. He plays Sherlock Holmes here. Um, Sam Claflin. Um, he's obviously from Me Before You, also in The Hunger Games. And um, what does he play in The Hunger Games? Um, I don't know. He's he's um I think he's one of the contenders, if I'm not mistaken. Or he's he's a friend of um whoever Jennifer Lawrence's character is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So he's um, Mycroft Holmes. We also have Helena uh, Carter, um, who's Eudoria Holmes. Many people would know her from Harry Potter. Yes. Um, she plays Bellatrix Lestrange. Lestrange. Yep. Um, and we also have Lewis Partridge, who plays Tewksbury. And he's in Paddington 2, um, but he's not really a main cast member. So I, I tried to look up what... Relevant Some of the film projects, for each of them. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, he he's more coming onto the scene, I think, at the moment. Yeah, um, but I think he, he's good in this, that's for sure. Yeah. 
All right, so let's go to our general thoughts. So we'll we'll keep it spoiler free for those who haven't seen the movie yet. Um, we'll just go through some of the pros and cons. Um, a definite pro for me was uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, definitely. She's very charming in this movie, isn't she? She's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm not sure if you wrote this down, but um, often she like breaks the fourth wall. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. And I think honestly, like she was a really good pick for that. Like something about her acting style um, and her charisma kind of just fits so well with that breaking the fourth wall, and it's also yeah. kind of like um, Ryan Reynolds's character. It's just certain characters just do it really well, and I think she did a perfect job of doing that. Yeah, it's definitely a hard thing to pull off breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, um, we'll, that's that actually appears in my cons, but we'll keep it positive at the moment. Okay. Uh, Henry Cavill um, as Sherlock Holmes. I mean, how can you not love that? Oh, such <laughs> such a good casting choice. Whoever casted the film did really well. I feel like whoever cast the film was like, okay, we need people to see this movie. What can we do? Let's get Millie Bobby Brown. Let's Boom. get Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. <laughs> 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 let's get superman in guys that's gonna draw some eyes and yeah. he did that's for sure um he gives a very wholesome performance i think as sherlock yeah um he he doesn't this isn't a sherlock holmes movie and rightfully so um, but i think i'm i i wouldn't be against perhaps a sherlock spin-off film with henry cavill but um, neither henry cavill is going to be very busy so maybe he's not gonna have time between superman and the witcher he's a busy man oh so yeah he's doing the witcher now yeah he's involved in a lot of very popular things at the moment so good on him have you watched the witcher no i haven't but it is on my yeah. to-do list um, apparently it's very good yeah um, so i think this film could probably be classified as a light-hearted coming-of-age film mm -hmm. um, for enola holmes and I, I didn't really think it was a mystery film um, because obviously that's the genre that's sort of attached to the Sherlock Holmes character. Yeah. He's obviously he's a detective and so a lot of a lot of movies, I guess the TV shows are sort of based around that mystery element. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So the TV show, which was um, Benedict Cumberbatch, was basically around that. But the movie, um, Robbie da Robert Downey Jr. was also kind of like that as well. I was going to yeah. say... Um, I, I did consider this a mystery film because obviously we had, um, you know, Millie Bobby Brown's character and Nola trying to figure out where her mother was. Yeah. It also kind of tied in with, uh, Tewksbury where he was, um, trying to figure out what, whatever was going on with his family heritage. Um, but I think at the same time, it was also kind of like a lighthearted film and it was yeah. obviously for fun, you know, it, it didn't seem too serious. Yeah, for sure. I think I think again this is I think this is a great Netflix movie. I think as a as a normal movie, I think I probably would have been harsh on it, but yeah. Um in terms of Netflix, you know, essentially this movie is going to be able to be accessed by anybody. Um yeah. we all have Netflix, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think this is a great addition and I think, you know, if I if I was a paying Netflix subscriber, which I am. I these sorts of movies like The Devil All the Time and Enola Holmes, if they keep movies coming like this, then I would have no problem paying that subscription. And it's great that they're doing um, you know, sort of unique stuff like this. Like obviously we've seen the Sherlock character a few other times, but you don't really see Sherlock um more so Holmes um content in the media space. So it's great that they're kind of doing these new stories as well. Yeah, it was good. I know there's a very big lawsuit um, about this movie because the estate of Sherlock Holmes apparently 
every now and then as soon as a Sherlock Holmes property pops up, um, there's always a copyright lawsuit by the estate of Sherlock Holmes, so like the descendants of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, they, yeah. try and, they try and get a nice settlement every single time like a Sherlock Holmes television series or a movie comes up. And um, so, that, so that's ongoing at the moment, but obviously it hasn't stopped the, the release of the movie, I um, thought, which is good. Um, Sherlock Holmes was a fictional character, so it must just be people with the same name. It's, I think it's, I think um, then it's the estate of the author, perhaps. Um, uh, it okay. must be. Yeah. 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 That's my bad. I am very uneducated on Sherlock Holmes. Um, I know you've seen I saw um, the some of the previous. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't watch the, I, I said the TV show, but it was a movie. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I'm going in completely uneducated about Sherlock Holmes here. Um, as you can see, I just thought he was a real person, um, but he's obviously not. Um, cons for me of this movie, I think the fourth wall breaking, look, it's always hard to pull that off. And yeah. I think at some stages it was maybe a bit overused, maybe a bit weird. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I found the camera was in very bizarre places. <laughs> like there'll be a fourth wall break where the camera is directly above Millie Bobby Brown, like, like a bird's eye view. And it's like, why is the camera there? Like, and then sometimes the camera's in like a, a water barrel and it's like... I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah. Okay, now, now I know what you're talking about. The, yeah. the camera the camera was often in very bizarre places. So I, I sort of found that, I don't know, <laughs> a bit jarring perhaps. Yeah, but Fair enough, um, yeah. But I, I, I appreciate how they used it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't... It's either, either she breaks the fourth wall in this movie or you have a narrator. Yeah. And I think the fourth wall breaking was probably preferable. And I think Millie Bobby Brown pulled that off really well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I also think like it definitely started out as a mystery movie um, because of the disappearance of her mother. We obviously won't go into too much detail because it's spoiler free at this stage. But mm-hmm. I feel as though as the movie went along, it became less of a mystery movie um, and more of just like a lighthearted um, coming of age story. Yep. And that's, that's like by no means a major negative. Um, the movie was still good. Um, but for fans of like the mystery movie genre, um, I feel like they'll like this movie less and less as the film goes along. Towards the end, yeah, I kind of found like um, like the story was kind of going off its tracks and like yes. towards the end, I was kind of like a bit confused in a way. Like I didn't quite understand the conclusion of the film. Um, yeah, yeah I found the conclusion to be a, a bit less than satisfying. Um, okay. Perhaps. It's definitely nowhere but, near as unsatisfying as The Devil All the Time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The Devil All the Time just like ends abruptly. Yeah. And whereas whereas this, you can sort of, you, you get a, a good sense of a, this is the end of the coming of age story. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's by no means as bad as last week, but I feel like it, the story definitely goes off the train tracks, uh, if you pardon the pun, because obviously there's a train involved in the story at some stage. Um, and I felt like there we just departed a bit from the mystery theme. But that's okay. Different strokes for different folks. Right, yeah. Let's dive into our more detailed thoughts. This is including spoilers, so beware. Yes, so if you have not seen the movie, um, obviously there are quite some there are quite some major reveals um, some twists along the way. So 
I'd advise that if you haven't seen the movie at this stage and you want to go watch it, go watch it now. It's a good time. Yep. Uh, would you recommend it, Jaden? Yeah, I would actually. Yeah. Yeah. It is It is a fun movie and a lot of people, you know, um, you know, get free Netflix from a family member or, or something like that. So if, you, if you've got Netflix, uh, give it a watch. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. All right, so my first thought in the movie, uh, my first, you know, real educated, um, descriptive and really analytical thought was, is Sherlock Holmes always this hot, Jaden? <laughs> what? <laughs> in previous outings, is, is Sherlock, is, is, is he always this hot? Like, I mean, you got like Benedict Cumberbatch and yeah, like, got- Jr., but I'm not one to like talk about it considering i'm a look like <laughs> they, they come across to me as sherlock holmes has always come across as um sort of like a like nerdy, an old weird character yeah. okay i know what you mean yeah and um here we have literally superman Henry playing Cavill. sherlock holmes <laughs> so so yeah how did you feel like the transformation of that character did you think it still works um yeah i did think it still worked because obviously oh because obviously um, Sherlock Holmes is younger than Mycroft. And I, I feel like they tried to set Sherlock Holmes up as, you know, the sort of mentor for Millie Bobby Brown's character. Mm. And I feel like having too old of a character um, would have just been a bit weird. And, you know, having a character that had a beard like a Robert Downey Jr.'s character, it would have just seemed weird having that massive age gap between Millie Bobby Brown Oh yeah, sure. And yeah. Uh, you know, say Robert Downey Jr. But I feel like having Henry Cavill there, because um, he's he's quite a, he's still quite a young actor, I think. Um, and I could kind of imagine it in my mind that you know, Henry Cavill is an older brother to Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, it didn't seem all that ridiculous to imagine. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. So has Sherlock Holmes sort of in previous outings always been a bit older um, than? than this current version? Well, I'm not sure in terms of the age gap, um, but definitely looks older in the other yeah. films and the other TV yeah. shows, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll go back to the fourth wall breaking. Did how, how did you feel about that? Did you feel like, you know, it was a bit forced? Did you feel it was a bit awkward at some stages, anything like that, or did you enjoy it? Um, no, like I said before, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and... I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Millie Bobby Brown as an actor, um, but she's definitely matured since uh, season one of Stranger Things and, you know, seen interviews with her um, in the cast of Stranger Things and then seen interviews with her now on Netflix with Henry Cavill and stuff. She's definitely grown so much. Um, and I think, you know, choosing this breaking the fourth wall sort of aspect in the film, um, you know, you could have gone either way, but I think, I think she definitely pulled it off. I, I didn't really see anything wrong going on there. Yeah, she's very talented, that's for sure. Obviously, yeah. a producer on the film as well, which is incredible um, because she is, yeah. she is 16. And I will say, finally, we have a movie that depicts a 16-year-old and is, in fact, played by a 16-year-old. 16 yep. Um, obviously, <laughs> we were just... Uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, we, we for the listeners, we, we were just recording a Spider-Man video that's going to go up on the YouTube channel soon, and we discovered that Tom Holland's character... Tom Holland's 24, I think. Yep. And we just found out that in Far From Home, so the latest installment of the MCU Spider-Man movies... 
Tom Holland's character, so Spider-Man, is supposed to be 16 years old. That's insane. And I thought he, I thought he was at least two or three years old. As I said, I thought he was our age. Yeah. But but he's not. So there's always been this major gap. I mean, and it gets worse as you go backwards as well with Andrew <laughs> Garfield and Tobey Maguire. I mean, like, Tom Holland like, kind of looks, you know, that age you can kind of get away yeah. with. But like Tobey Maguire, on the other hand, I think what he was 18 in the first film and he was yeah. played by a 24-year-old. Like, yeah. It's crazy. It's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's like, I think the age gap in Toby Maguire was 11 years and Andrew Garfield was like eight or 10 or something like that. Part of it's crazy. This mistake. <laughs> so it, it's nice to, um, to actually have an actor who's playing their own age. Yeah. He's very convincing because of that. And, you know, probably the biggest push in terms of age is Henry Cavill in the movie. Mm. Um, He's definitely supposed to be looking younger than he actually is. Yeah. But I feel like it works anyway. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I, it was really refreshing to actually get a 16 year old who's playing a 16 year old. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously child actors, it's, a, you know, I think it's probably quite a sensitive issue because, you know, what are the morals of, you know, somebody who's under 18 being involved yeah. in such a major production like that. Yeah. So it's obviously understandable that older actors have to play down, um, their age mm. um, but but yeah I thought it was really good that Millie Brown was actually six, like, phenomenal in this film yeah um, so yeah um, last week we obviously talked about Devil all the time and you could say that that was probably a fangirl's dream because we had uh, Robert Pattinson and Tom Holland who are um, British actors um, putting on a, a very thick American uh, rural town accent yeah and this week we get quite the reverse because i'm pretty sure cavill is american um and he's putting on a very british accent um it's the, stage, it's the other way around i thought henry cavill was a uh, british go i'm not sure let me check oh he is english yeah there you go oh well that's wonderful then um because he is he's very good with his english accent at one stage he says Boy, fetch us a carriage. And it is is fantastic how he executes his lines. How much stuff. That lovely British accent um, and his curly hair and, you know, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, let's. I want to talk about um, Mycroft for a second. So Enola's other brother. Here you go. At the start, um, we get this sort of impression that Mycroft is not a fan of feminism because um, he picks up a book. Of, yeah, um, his mother's, um, and says, "Oh, good God, feminism!" And then like drops it. But that 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 sort of confused me because I w- I then went through the movie thinking that Mycroft was sort of like a um, not a fan of feminism, pushing sort of the conservative ideology that men should be in power and have the vote because that's a prominent issue in the movie, the yeah. politics of feminism and everything like that. But then at the end of the film, he's very happy about that the vote passed and that women were allowed to vote or something like that. Like, I don't know. What did you think? Did you think, like, he was not a fan of feminism? Um, I didn't really pick up on that. Like, obviously, I saw the first scene where he picked up the book and, you know, oh, good God, feminism. Mm. Um, but towards the end, I was I was so confused and all these storylines were converging and, 
I was like, uh, I wasn't really paying attention and it, uh, kind of lost track of, you know, his character in general. So, yeah, I didn't even see that. But that's a bit weird if that did happen. Yeah, because I definitely started the movie thinking that he was he would vote against. And, you know, we see throughout the film, he tries to um, make Enola a, a suitable lady in the eyes of society. Mm-hmm. And then the story is sort of Enola, you know, breaking through that um, that barrier. And so Mycroft's like this conservative guy. But then towards the end of the film, he's very happy about the fact that the vote passed, mm. which I don't know. It just seems weird because if he, if he promoted feminism, then why at the start would he say, ew, feminism? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, that was like an inconsistency that I found. Maybe somebody who's watched it can hit me up on Instagram at the rewatch pod and let me know. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, a bit of an inconsistency there. I would like to see Mycroft in the 21st century when feminism is a lot more uh, let's let's say feminism is a lot more uh, less useful now. It's not needed as much as it was in, I'm guessing, the 18th century. Oh, God, I don't know. Well, for sure, yeah, we've certainly come a long way. It would be, um, yeah, you've got to say that we've definitely progressed. Like feminism was definitely a movement back then, and it was 100% necessary. Like it's a bit unfair yeah. that, you know, women didn't have the chance to vote. Um, yeah. And seeing him, you know, already being disgusted at feminism in its, you know, yeah. uh, primal stages is like, yeah. okay, uh, wait till you get to where we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wait till you get to Marvel. Oh, that's obviously just a joke. Um, yeah, look, I, it's the fact that feminism is a big theme in the movie. And I think the movie actually handled it very well because it stayed in its lane. This is it's, how I uh, like it to be done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you actually sympathize with the cause. Yeah. And obviously, of course you do, you know, it's sort of like the suffragette movement that we all know about. And, and the movie doesn't ever tell you what's right, what's wrong, um, or lectures the audience at any stage, because obviously we have come a long way since then. Yeah. And we're already like on the side, of course, we want, you know, equality and everything like that. Um, but back then, conservative view was that no no thank you yeah um feminism exactly so so yeah so i think the movie actually handled it really really well yeah to the film um i didn't i didn't feel like you know i was being lectured or told uh, anything no no it felt a lot more fitting because it was part of the storyline whereas you know uh recent movies like endgame where we see uh, feminism come through is you know it's basically you know it's it's being shoved into the plot and it's like we don't need this if you're doing it do it naturally yes exactly work it into the plot and that's what this movie does really really well i think yeah all right we'll progress on to um a nice line that i got from henry cavill or sherlock holmes at one stage um he says look for what's there not what you want to be there you'll see the truth soon enough. And this is said when Enola has been told that she's off to boarding school after her mother's disappeared and she she's being emotional. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock's sort of saying in the most Sherlock way possible, you know, don't use your emotions. Look at what's there, not what you want to be there. Obi-Wan Kenobi. The <laughs> exactly. Very, very similar to Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
So I like this wise look for the truth, no emotion. Uh, your thoughts betray you. Your 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 feelings betray you. Yeah, all of that. Um, and it comes in later on in the film in a very nice way as well because it, um, um, Sherlock sort of does a reverse, or not not really a reverse, but Sherlock has an arc in this movie too. Which yeah, I think is really nice. Definitely. Yeah. Um, he sort of becomes more of a caring individual yeah. and less of a less of a I don't know a workaholic I guess or. Um, less emotionless character. And he becomes less attached to his uh, his career and he starts to realise, you know, I've got this sister as well that I can, you know, mentor. And I think that line's really fitting for, um, you know, the the, the uh, growing of his character because we've, we've seen him at the start of the film, you know, he's mm. not the ward of Enola Holmes, but towards the end, you know, he says to Mycroft, um, I think I might take Enola as my ward. So he, he kind of realizes, you know, I'm going to mentor Millie Bobby Brown or Enola Holmes and she can mm. be the next uh, protege of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There was a flower in this movie um, that led Enola Holmes on this sort of quest to find her mother. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to find what the flower was called because it had this really, really um, intricate name and i wanted to see if you could try and pronounce it Jaden. yep um, but let me just try find it for a second all right so i've just chucked it in our rewatch notes there um so do you want to just go ahead and uh, pronounce that flower name for us please Jaden? oh uh, yes i think it is called chrysanthemums and what I heard was the flower of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> flower of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I was watching. I was. I was like half paying attention to this movie, and I thought somebody said the flower of Chris Hemsworth, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Chris Anthem, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Same thing. It's a bit of a stretch, but. <laughs> Same thing, same thing. So I thought that was funny. Okay, yeah. All right, so um, I got, I don't know about you, but I got uh, Polar Express vibes. What? At one stage. Oh, because, okay. okay. Pr- primarily because they're on a train and, you know, they're trying to, you know, not fall off the train and get to the front of the train. It was sort of the first time where I've ever felt a movie uh, gave off Polar Express vibes. <laughs> no, we actually, we actually made another reference to Polar Express. <laughs> it was in um, Coco when we... Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. The, uh, oh, what was it? It's the like, animation yeah, style. Yeah, our characters start to look too realistic. <laughs> yes. So shout out to Polar Express. We mentioned twice on the Rewatch podcast. The, Congratulations. The, valley, the Uncanny Valley, that's what it is. That's what we brought Oh, up. yes. Yeah, yeah. So... The mystery in this movie is that the mother has disappeared and we sort of get hints as we go along as sort of Enola tries to find out where she is about what the mother is up to. And did you ever, you know, predict that she was a radical feminist and that she was practically planning a terrorist attack almost? Oh, um, no. See. No way. Like, no, I didn't even no see way. it coming. I, I no. viewed... Um... Uh, Helena's and Millie Bobby Brown's relationship is kind of like a, you know, a close mother-daughter relationship, and obviously mm. she, she uh, shows more affection to her daughter. But I, I didn't even pay attention to that because she's obviously had two sons as well. So, 
I mean, that, that wasn't even in my mindset at that time. And then when she disappeared, yep. I was thinking of all the different possibilities, you know, was it a, a murderer? Was it a kidnapping? Who knows? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed um, the, the start of the movie when Enola is searching for her mother and, you know, going through all the clues. Yeah. And I feel as though if they just pursued that storyline that and and the movie finished with Enola discovering where her mother was. Yeah. It it almost might have been a better movie for me personally. I would have no, probably I agree enjoyed with that it more. As well, yeah. Yeah, because Enola sort of she sets out trying to find her mother and sort of gets sidetracked along the way, um, with Tewksbury. Um and then with with Tewksbury's story sort of like a, a side story. Yeah, and I think even at one point in the film, it's even said in a line that, you know, um, let's put finding my mother aside and go help Tewksbury. Yeah. I think that yeah. was actually a line. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, no, it was. It definitely was. was. It was a fourth wall break. Yeah, yeah. and I was just like, oh, come on, let's stick to the main story here. I don't want to yeah. see this kid. Yeah, you know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of like really long video games where they're like oh you want to continue the story how about you do a side quest i'm like no i want to do the main story please i want to spend 20 hours doing some you know collecting wheat bales for this person yes (laughs) i don't want to sneak around this newspaper um building to try and you know find some take some photos (laughs) i want to beat people up as spider-man come on (laughs) But yeah, so that's 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 a vibe that I sort of got. I was like, oh, do like, do we really need to get sidetracked here? Yeah, because I I wrote at the start of the film, I wrote down that um, I loved the scene where she was trying to decode where her mother was in the in the uh, manor or wherever they were. Yeah. Um, and I wrote that you know everything's kind of showing backwards, like Enola's name, which is alone backwards. Yeah, it's um, tenant. Yeah, tenant. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I found that interesting how they kind of used, you know, uh, they played a lot of the clips backwards and then they played them forwards. And I don't yeah. know, it kind of felt fitting and different and unique in a way. And you know, It was weird. As soon as I saw that reversing of um, a scene, I was like, okay, whenever this is ever going to happen in a movie again, I'm only going to think of Tenet. Tenet, yeah. And Chris Fennell is just like... <laughs> He's like claimed that film style. <laughs> yes. You reverse anything, it looks like my movie. Huh. Um, so what did you think of Tewksbury as sort of that storyline? Obviously, it was a bit of a sidetrack, but what did you think of, you know, how that sort of developed the relationship between Tewksbury and Enola and, um, and that side quest and how it finished? You know, in no way did I really hate his character. Um, it just kind of felt like... It, it, I wasn't watching the film for that, and I uh, yeah, and like watching the trailer and stuff, and looking at the poster, I didn't even know that he was a relevant character in the story. I didn't even know this actor yeah. playing anything. Um, yeah. So in no way or shape or form did I actually hate the performance that he played, but I felt that it was kind of uh, taking me away from what I wanted to watch in the film, mm. and uh, chucking me over there and saying, "Hey, watch this for." 30 minutes and i was like oh let's go back to the main storyline yeah for sure yeah i completely agree that's exactly how i felt i was like okay we were going we started off really well here and we've we've gotten sidetracked and you know it's not a bad sidetrack but i was more interested in 
you know, what the mother was up to. Yeah. And we never, we never really actually get told what the mother is up to, but we can sort of, you know, place pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I found that it was probably a waste of time. I don't know. I feel like the conclusion of this movie, why it doesn't really work is because it is very rushed. You know, mm-hmm. if we did jump ahead to the very ending, the, the, the mother just shows up. So the whole movie started off as Enola Holmes going on this quest to find her mother. Yeah. And eventually her mother just finds her. And we were like, well, that's not really satisfying because we were going on this journey with Enola. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's a nice wholesome moment between Enola and her mum and them seeing each other again. But I, I, I feel like as a, as I thought it would be a mystery movie, I was expecting like a, you know, a finale where you go, oh, like that's, that's an awesome yeah, reveal. Yeah. Um, but we never really get that. But, you know, that's okay. The movie does better in, in, in other areas. Um, I just feel like the Tewksbury side quest was side quest. <laughs> just not necessary. Like, I mean, sure, it's probably necessary. I think it's probably in the book. Um, so I do, it's sort of confined to the source material there. I, I do feel like keeping the – at the start of the film, the two storylines were obviously very far apart, right? We meet yeah. Nolo and then we see Tewksbury on the train and they completely have no relevance to one another. But yeah. towards the end of the film, obviously, we were explained that um, th- there's this bill um, to vote for women's rights and that uh, I think it was, was it the uncle of Tewksbury was trying to gain power yeah. or something and yeah. I don't know, have some sort of relevance on the vote. And that, again, ties in with Enola Holmes and Eudoria, uh, I don't know what her name is, Eudoria, I think it's oh, yeah. yeah. And that ties in with Eudoria Holmes. And it kind of felt like they... Yeah, it, it worked. We can see how the two storylines connect. But if mm. they just kept them separate or just, you know, kind of scrapped the whole storyline with Tewksbury and yeah. uh, made it this film about, you know, Enola trying to find her mother, it, it would have yeah. just been done so much better and probably ranked higher on my list. Um, yeah. Because it, it, it was advertised as a mystery film, not a, you know, not this film about Tewksbury who I didn't even know about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just I feel as though the mystery element sort of just faded away from the movie as we went along. Yeah, um, which is a bit of a shame for me because because I was really enjoying that start. But yeah. regardless, I think this is a, you know another great Netflix film. I think um, the the stars involved are, are really obviously well cast, um, and they they give they give good performances too. So without further ado, do you have anything else to add before we move on to the music segment? Um, yeah, I was just going to say um, I do like the relationship between Sherlock Holmes and Enola Holmes and that um, mm. Sherlock kind of understands that Enola doesn't want to conform with society. and um, Yeah, so I do like the relationship that's established between Enola Holmes and Sherlock Holmes and that Sherlock kind of understands that Enola doesn't want to conform with society you know, become this young woman and uh, learn to be a woman. Um, he understands that, you know, she wants to become a detective and, you know, be like her older brother. And I yeah. feel like that was done really well. Um, and Henry Cavill, man, he was such a good choice for Sherlock Holmes in this film. And even though he didn't, he wasn't, you know, the main star of the film, 
he really shined for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I do think that Henry Cavill and Enola Holmes, they kind of like bounced off one another and it was really good chemistry between them, I think. Yeah, I think the, the relationship there was was one of the highlights of the movie. Um, definitely very wholesome towards the end. Yeah. Um, so they sort of, you know, grow to or come together rather um, as the movie goes along. I was also just going to put in here, um, right at the end when Enola and Tewksbury are uh, facing off against the um, the bowler hat dude, um, mm. and Enola grabs his ankle and does the ankle yeah. hold thingy and then like she yanks him <laughs> there was like this really harsh cut to the dude like getting his head smashed onto this oh yeah thing. <laughs> and it happened so instantly and like, I didn't expect it at all because there was like barely any like gore in the film and then this podcast yeah. I was like holy Jesus <laughs> and, and that death scene was so bad like, it was I, pretty bad. <laughs> the, like, obviously, we're used to, you know, characters, you know, being hit with something or being stabbed and then having, you know, 30 seconds to talk to the main character before then, yeah. you know, dying. That was just instant. But this guy, like, he gets his head knocked really hard, right? So, theoretically, well, you're you're probably thinking, like, if your head gets knocked hard enough, you, you almost if you'll die immediately you don't have like a couple seconds to be like oh what's going on oh i'm dead yeah and or you just get knocked unconscious and i don't know did the guy get knocked unconscious <laughs> I think he died i think he died as well it was kind of left in the shadows i don't really know what happened i think i think his i think he had his eyes open so yeah, well, when people die they have their eyes open yeah exactly yeah. so i think i think he didn't fall he, he wasn't unconscious um which is weird. Like, Enola Holmes just killed a man and the death scene was really, really bad. Yeah. I don't know. He kind of seemed like a bit of a... He started off as quite an interesting character, you mm. know, this dude trying to hunt down Tewksbury and then towards the end, yeah. he kind of seemed like, um, you know, a bit of a... Like, what's the name? Like, the fox from um, Dora the Explorer. He was kind oh, of yeah. like a really, uh, really evil dude but it was kind of like he was also like a, a good guy but he was an evil dude like yeah you know I mean? just, like, yeah i know evil for no reason evil but, for no reason <laughs> yeah it's just i don't know every now and then he just pop up just to add a bit of tension yeah it's like yeah. oh this guy's still here and i mean he's determined i'll give him that but yeah i mean terrible death poor guy let's move on and, to the and, music segment yeah all right, so for those of you who don't know, we have a, a segment every week called the music segment where you add a minimum of one or a maximum of two songs from every movie that we watch every week, and then we chuck that song or songs into a playlist on Spotify. And if you'd like to listen to the playlist, there's a link in the YouTube description. So this week, I think the music in this movie, again, is average. Um, Netflix, I think, needs to step up their music game. Mm. But... I, I did enjoy the the first song to come on and the end song, um, but in between, there's no real sort of standouts again. I didn't really pay attention to the music in the film, really. Yeah, yeah it was quite forgettable. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, maybe Netflix. You know, if you want to, if you if they want to get into that sort of that best picture category, you got to start. You know, adding yeah. some some awesome cinematography yeah, and sure. the music and the direction and everything like that. But 
I think this movie is a plot-focused movie, so you know we're willing to let it slide. Mm. Um, but the song going in this week is Enola Holmes, and then in brackets, the future is up to us, and it's the song that plays at the end. Um, I think it's very uplifting. It's a it's a nice song, okay. but nothing nothing mind blowing. All right, so we'll move on to our final thoughts. Do you want to give your final thoughts and a bit of a tier ranking for this movie? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so like I've said throughout this film, this film isn't, you know, the the best film of 2020. It was a fun film and I really enjoyed it. Um, and there was a lot of things that they could have done better. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of trying to choose that sacrifice of, you know, this film probably is intended for a younger audience. Um and then obviously, you know, older people like us, we really cut down on this film and try to nitpick at everything. Um, so it's kind of finding that balance in between, you know, where kids enjoy it and then adults have a fun time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, things like the music, I didn't really pay attention to. The story was good. I liked the casting. I think Henry Cavill was probably a standout for me and Anola, Anola Holmes as well. Millie Bobby Brown was also really good. Yep. Um, so I do think the casting was good. Um, and it's great to see that, you know, Millie Bobby Brown is getting more action in the uh, the film industry rather yeah. than, you know, just seeing her on Stranger Things because I do like her character on Stranger Things. Um, the the conclusion seemed a bit, you know, mishmashy for me and, you know, certain characters like Tewksbury, the bowler hat dude, um, <laughs> and the rest of the family of Tewksbury kind of seemed in certain points in the film, it kind of seemed a bit, bit useless like we didn't really yeah see for them. sure um but they're all minor things um yeah and i think you know for that reason it's kind of fitting that this film kind of stands you know like a a b minus rating for me um okay it's definitely above average because i enjoyed it um and it's similar to um onward in a way you know where it had it had good pieces in it but i was kind of taken away from it when it introduced this stuff that i didn't really want to see yeah, yeah, for sure. I no, I I see where you come from. I I agree with most of those points. I think the story is like really quite charming and wholesome. Um, obviously, great performances all around. And yeah, I, I then agree. The Tewksbury plot points and you know the sort of you know the side quest that sort of sidetracked everything. I'm like, can we please get back to the main mystery element of the film, um, which obviously dwindles as it goes along. I think it's definitely a fun movie, lighthearted movie, that's for sure. And I think Sherlock fans, you know, those diehard, diehard Sherlock fans will enjoy this movie. And I think, you know, casual viewers like myself who've, who've never really engaged with Sherlock Holmes uh, material before will sort of enjoy it as well. So for me, I think, you know, there's probably more positive than negative, but I, I it's not anything particularly that stands out um i'm going to give it a solid b again today so i'm going to put it on the same the same the same rating as um the devil all the time and look that's that's fine you know netflix as long as they keep bringing out okay to good movies yeah then they'll do great um and you know they don't need to knock it out of the park every single time but i feel like you know netflix they're building to something. I feel. I feel like in a couple of years, um, they might be contending for some best pictures. But oh, we'll see. One hundred percent. And I mean, obviously, they don't have you know these big blockbuster um, budgets like the other films do. I think this film might have had under one hundred million as its budget. Um, mm. 
so it's it's definitely gonna be that you know the lower the budget it's probably not going to be as good of a film um and obviously there's you know exceptions for that like joker but most of the time lower the budget means it's going to be a worse film and by all means it's not a bad film it's just you know it's it's had parts that kind of fell short and it had really good parts as well Mm, yeah for sure but yeah as i said before like as a netflix subscriber if you know i really enjoyed this movie i think it justifies, you know, that that subscription price, that monthly subscription. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a happy customer. Right. So, thank you for listening, everybody, to this episode of the Rewatch Podcast. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, uh, you can do so at the Rewatch Pod. Um, if you'd like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search the Rewatch on YouTube. Um, as we said at the start, we have some very exciting videos coming to the YouTube channel. I think very soon. Be coming out very soon. Yes, it's going to be very exciting. So um, be sure to, to, to subscribe there. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all the support. Yep. Bye for now. See ya.